all those thoughts that you don't want to have that you used to have, you can learn how to outgrow those patterns and take more control of your life. That is Wade Alters. Wade is a success and life coach who's traveled the world teaching the inner game of business and helping entrepreneurs live more successful and fulfilling lives with his company, 3Impact. Today's topic is audition confidence. I'm Lee Foster. You're listening to Action, a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of acting excellence. Enjoy this episode. Wade Alters, thank you so much for uh, being on this podcast. Why don't you just start by explaining who you are and what you do? Cool. Yeah. So I guess I would say the company I work for, it's called 3Impact. Founded it about a year ago. The three things that we teach is business strategy and what I prefer to call the inner game of business. So instead of all the, hey, let me teach you how to use Facebook ads, what we dive into is the inner game side of things, confidence, self-esteem, emotional intelligence. And that really comes from my background. And actually starting off, it was self-development and dating advice that I taught. And so the three categories, again, business strategy, social mastery, which is influence and persuasion, and both outer game strategies there to increase, let's say, your perceived social status in a situation, as well as just how to communicate more effectively to people. And the third one, which I think really is the underpinning of all of it and sounds like what we'll get into today, is just self-development in general. And that would be yeah, the core confidence, self-esteem, really growing it from there because without that, one, the successes that you have anyways doesn't really matter because you're not going to be able to appreciate it. But also, it's got to start there because that just everything kind of is a manifestation of that, whereas I think most people strive for the outward things and then thinking that's going to relate to self-esteem when you really have to start there and how that comes out in a bunch of ways, including, like I said, what we'll talk about with confidence and some of those other things. So, yeah, those are the big three, business strategy, social mastery, and self-development. My background, about 10 years as a coach, traveled to over 40 countries, small events, two to three people into a large group, hundreds, thousands of people. <laughs> awesome, man. Cool. So uh, today's topic is confidence, which I think is uh, definitely one of the most important skills that an actor needs to develop in order to have any success whatsoever in this business. When we as actors go into auditions, we are going in front of strangers and are asked to perform anywhere from three to eight, nine, ten strangers. It's an incredibly high pressure situation, and we're asked to be performing lines that we maybe got the night before or maximum two days before. Um, from this podcast, I've talked to dozens and dozens of people from casting directors, commercial directors, uh, very successful actors, the list goes on. And without exception, each and every one of those people says that you have to have confidence in the audition. You have to be able to walk in there and just be cool, calm, collected, and, and, and it can't be fake. It can't be fake bravado shit. It has to be real confidence from the core. And those are the people that book the jobs. Time and time again, those are the people that book the jobs. So my question to you is, how can the people listening to this, the actors out there, develop this core confidence? So I think without getting into like 
fire hydrant or like water hose, fire hydrant going to the extreme of all the different angles we could hit this from. I'll try to start as like fundamental as possible. And then from there we can get into some specifics. And I, I think the reason why I say that is first and foremost, a concept like confidence, realizing that that actually means something different to every single person. And you might think that the reason you don't have the success you have is because of confidence, but it's not a tangible thing. And just as you said, you explained it different ways, calm, cool, collected, core calm. Everyone has different labels. But at the end of the day, it's not something you could hold on to and put in your hand and say, this is confidence right here. And with anything, I think what that really does, it actually is very empowering because you realize that it's not about if I have confidence or not. It's about do I have the right strategies to get the result that I want in specific contexts. So there's a million different things we could get into of different specific strategies. So some would be one, a couple examples, I think, from the, the dating arena, because I do think that's one of the most extreme contexts. A lot of what I would do is I'd literally, I have a seminar where I teach a guy, like I used to work with single guys in whatever random country. I might have never even been to this country before, and we have to go out and I have to help him talk to girls. And so like teaching him like in a little seminar there, but we go out right away. So you got to figure out something that's going to work. One of the best ways to deal with that, and I remember you mentioned this beforehand, that we teach as a strategy, like an outer game sort of technique, is the concept of momentum. And so momentum, what it is, is let's say the first person that you talk to, you're going to be incredibly nervous. The second person you talk to, you're just a little bit less nervous. And then the third, fourth, fifth, by the time you talk to that 10th or 15th person, you hit this point of indifference where you really just don't care anymore. So the ability to use momentum, whether this be cold calling for you know selling and everything, or in the sort of interview process, if it's job interviews or as well, I've never been in a sort of acting uh, like interview there and going through that whole screening process. But if you have the opportunity or ability, which I know some people don't, and I'll get into that in a second too, to use momentum, there's micro momentum as well as macro momentum. So that means within the day, within the week, but also year upon year upon year. And those two things together, the more you can channel them. You might not internally even have the confidence in one specific situation, but you're just doing so much of it that you just desensitize. And it becomes what you're really doing. You talk core confidence even more than just regular confidence being something that isn't tangible. Core confidence is kind of like the idealistic version of that, i.e., flawless, perfect conscious or like confidence. Whereas really confidence is very contextual. So it's very specific to specific situations. And what your goal should be is to increase kind of your, your comfort zone bubble to where you just you just do enough of a certain thing, you get enough reference points that all of a sudden that becomes comfortable to you. I.e. either enough interviews or what are they called? Not interviews, what would be auditions. Audition, yeah. There you go. So either you do enough auditions, but then you have the next level of where that changes again based on, again, the context of is this an audition for some job that you really don't care about, some random commercial compared to like, oh my God, this is Star Wars movie or such a, like whatever your pinnacle is. Right. It's not like even if you did 100 of the other one, you're not all of a sudden going to be confident in that new context. So you realize that just overall you have to think about, one, I think that's why it's important to also pick a niche. I think that would be a big thing. Or if you have a specific environment that you're getting used to, maybe it's a certain, like I said, commercials versus movies, specific sort of, oh, I've done 100 toothpaste commercials, 
you're going to be pretty confident in going and be like, hey, I've done this a hundred times. I know what to say. I know what to look like, all that sort of stuff. So thinking about that, that's kind of definitely an outer game strategy that I think in any sort of context works really well. Networking situations, all that stuff too. Uh, <clears throat> but then there is the inner game side of things. And so by inner game, I mean how can I actually develop my sense of self in a way that I have more confidence in everything. And again, really the, the true way that confidence, it's a byproduct of experience is the ultimate way. And it's actually, if you think about it, the opposite would be really weird. It'd be really weird if you actually went into a new situation that you've never been in before and felt completely confident and comfortable. That's basically what a sociopath is or a psychopath to where they just don't have any sympathy or or empathy. As well as it's probably good that you just don't go into a cafeteria and take your shirt off and just be loud and say, no, this is not Like, you you have to calibrate to the situation. It's just that usually if it's a new situation, we over-calibrate and we get a little bit too apprehensive and nervous and then that builds off of it and everything like that, you know? So I guess what I would say is like with that, you can't fight it. You can't fight the fear. You can't fight that in that moment it's new and it's different. You can just, and again, that does, and what, I, what I'm saying by strategy, it's not that you lack confidence. You just don't have the tools to act the way you want to in that situation to get the result you want, which is the gig, or to feel completely comfortable and confident. Uh, the other side of it too is the more skills you do develop. So first we have, I guess, experience there is one thing. That would be one tool to ramp up the confidence. The second one would be the skills that you have. And so other than having loads and loads of reference points that you're good at it already, uh, it would be how good is my skill set. So this would be, you know, in a lot of ways, that's why you said even though it doesn't matter how good of an actor I am, that really doesn't matter if I'm not confident. The thing is, is if you go and spend all this time, if you've done it for 10 years and mastered your craft and have other people saying you're really good at it, you have confidence in your craft which leads to confidence overall in that situation. So again, if you go back to teaching dating advice and everything there, a lot of times by me just giving a guy a line, the line, it wouldn't even make sense. It wouldn't even be a good line, but because I taught him that as the authority and now he has like one more weapon in his little toolbox there, all of a sudden he would have the confidence. It wasn't the line. Right. It's actually the way that he conveyed it. Same right. way, you know, in an audition, it's the same thing. It's about how you say it, not what it is specifically. Right. Um, so there's that. And then I guess, you know, the third one would be as another strategy is actually breaking down some of the things that in general would be like social dynamics of what people view as confident behavior. And then knowing like, uh, you know, modeling that, I think that's a great thing. I used to do this. uh, Some specific people that I modeled would be like Marlon Brando in, what is it, Streetcar Named Desire? Mm -hmm. Uh, Or uh, Don Draper for Mad Men and stuff like that. For me being a guy and want to be like the smooth, suave guy and everything. It's just seeing how they interact in specific situations, the, the speed and the smoothness of their body, their, how they maintain eye contact, the body, taking up space in their body language, the tone of their voice, and really trying to model that. So then when I'm in a situation where maybe I'm not as comfortable, it's kind of like act as if a bit. And I think the other thing with that too, which is really cool, this would be interesting to hear your feedback on this, it's like there's times where every one of us has situations where we are really confident and it's good in those situations to actually kind of step outside ourselves and look at ourselves and say, okay, in this situation, what, do I, what does my voice sound like? How am I maintaining eye contact now 
so that when I am in a little bit more awkward, nervous situation, I can kind of act as if. But it's not like, act as if I'm Marlon Brando right now. It's like, act as if myself in the right situations. So it's more congruent than just completely faking it. And you kind of mentioned like that bravado, fake confidence. Mm-hmm. At least it's you that you're faking or acting to be, right. which is a little bit more comfortable and more, it fits a little bit easier. Yeah. If that makes sense. Right. Um, so I'd say that, I mean, the, over, the underpinning of all that is never take it personally, never think it's about you. It's all about the strategy and coming up with the right strategies. And I guess those would be three important strategies. The experience, and I think one other thing with the experience that I would say is don't be too elitist with your experiences. Like go out there and just get as many. Even if you're like, oh, I would never accept that audition or something. Hey, it's still an experience to go do it. And right. maybe that, it builds momentum so you do two or three in a day and the third one's the one you really want. And so that way you just by the third one, you just hit that indifferent state. <clears throat> and then like I said, the other ones would be, yeah, the strategy of just understanding yourself, outer gaming yourself, modeling your own behavior. And a third one would of course be the skill set. So the better you actually are good at your craft, knowing that you have the value to offer that situation, whether that be again in an audition or if you're networking and you have some ability to help them that way in a job interview and in your experience, having you know the, the tangible things there, that is good. But I do feel a lot of people feel that that's the only way when there's so many other ways that end up actually probably being more important. Right. So from there, there's a bunch of different offshoots I could go. Yeah. Is there any specific questions you kind of have related to that or thoughts? Yeah, um, a couple of thoughts. Um, okay, so the experience is huge because no one can go into their first audition and be confident. I mean, it's simple as that. And if you are somebody who is going into their first audition and they're super confident, you should probably be worried. <laughs> like just, just like what you said, because chances are, and a lot of people who are in the acting business, no offense to anybody, but uh, there are a lot of really outspoken people and they annoy the shit out of like everyone else around them. It's the guy or the girl in the audition room that's way too loud, just has no concept of self-monitoring, and they can't wait to get into the audition room because they're on. They're so on all the time, and everyone else is rolling their eyes around them, and they have no idea. So first of all, if you're not completely confident, that's probably a good thing. If you can go from being not incredibly confident and develop the skill of confidence, you can rest assured that you're not the person in the room that's annoying the shit out of everybody else. So that's a good thing, right? Yep. Yep. For sure. So experience. Yeah, absolutely. And the more you do, but the more you go into the auditions, you'll just become more confident. So just take solace in the fact that it just gets easier for one thing. The skill thing is huge. And it's funny that you said the thing about telling a guy a specific line and then he goes out and he's a little bit more confident and it's not the line, but it's the fact that he has that tool. He feels more confident because he's got the tool in his tool belt. So the, the very first uh, episode of this podcast is with uh, an acting coach named Ron Morosco and I called him the day before I had an audition for Empire and I had an audition for Walmart that was directly after the audition for Empire. And he gave me, and you, for whoever's listening to this, if you haven't heard that episode, go back to the first episode of this podcast and listen to it. it it'll, um, you'll like it and you'll, there's a lot of good stuff there. But he told me some things to do and uh, basically just reassured me that what I was going to do was right, 
right? But I went in with the confidence of knowing that what I was going to do was going to be the right thing to do. And I could relax into that and I could just do it. I had so much more confidence. And uh, I went from that. And it's funny you said like the first audition is going to be a lot harder than the seventh audition that you do in a specific day. And I went to the second one and I was even more confident and I booked both of those. One more thing that I'll say is about the comfort zone, I would, I would highly recommend that people work at widening their comfort zone in any way you can. And you don't have to do, you don't have to do crazy huge things. But if you feel like the tinge of like, I don't want to do that, that makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but you still could push yourself to do it, just do it anyway. Those easy ones, because you'll just get, it'll just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you can, you'll develop the ability to go, I don't know what's on the other side of that door. I don't know who's going to be sitting in this audition. I don't know what they're going to ask me to do, but I can still be okay with that. And it's like a skill that you develop of being okay with not knowing what to expect. That reminds me specifically, I have a friend who is an amazing negotiator, like multi-million dollar negotiator for business deals, stuff like that. And it's interesting with him, every single time I'm with him, at some point, he makes me feel uncomfortable because of what he does to someone else. It's like he's to the extreme where, like I said, it's, it's embarrassing to me. I've, we'll be in an elevator and he'll say something like a racial remark or like some really sexist thing just to kind of create a reaction. And at one point I really called him out. I was, I was asking, why do you even do this stuff? And he said, the reason that he does this is for in a negotiation situation, the person who is more comfortable with the, the social pressure usually wins the negotiation. So for him, every day he is desensitizing to social pressure in all sorts of contexts. So as well as separately, there's a couple people that I consider like elite, elite level networkers where they're just constantly five to 10 meetups a day with new people, always having a huge Rolodex of amazingly like celebrities and successful people. And well, one, I guess that shows the importance again of momentum because they're just hitting it day by day by day. But I remember one of them I was talking to and he said, the thing that you're kind of apprehensive to do and you kind of don't want to do, that's your body saying that's the thing to do. Yeah. And so those interviews where you're saying, or auditions where you're thinking, you know what, I don't even know if I really want this gig or this probably might be the thing for me. There's probably a reason that you don't want to do that. And you're just rationalizing that it's not important. And again, it's also thinking long-term that it's not about that one. It's not about that gig itself. It's about becoming the type of person that just is desensitizing. For me, I'm always like, it's another coin, like in the piggy bank of life. Absolutely. I think um, what people are going to find particularly interesting is strategies of building the inner game of confidence. And you can take that any way you want it. I'll tell you something that doesn't generally seem to work. Well, it didn't work with myself. And it took me a while. It took me some years to get to the point where I was really confident walking into auditions. Now I would say that I'm like, eight and a half or nine out of 10 usually. And that's a recent thing. That's a pretty recent thing. And I also have, like you said, I have the skills. I know I have the skills. I know what to do. I've done enough auditions where I know pretty much what to expect. And I have a resume that also brings me confidence because that's a tool. I have a, a good enough resume to find some confidence in that alone. But when I was first trying to develop this skill, because I knew, I knew that it was something that I it was sink or swim. It was like learn it or, or die. And sometimes I would hear people say things like, um, 
just know that the casting director is on your side. Like they want you to win too. And that stuff never really worked. It's like, it's a fun like turnkey solution in theory, but when your heart's pounding and you're sitting in that waiting room and they're like, Lee Foster, you're up next. And your heart starts pounding and you're thinking, fuck, do I know these lines? I don't know these lines well enough. And you're thinking like, what if I fuck up? Saying, well, the casting director's on my side doesn't really help. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So a couple things with that. First off, the mind doesn't work in negatives. So we'll get into some coaching. I guess, like I said, I talked about before what I do. My, my two main roles with working, I, I have a couple membership sites, a couple online products. I've done seminars in the past, and I do a lot of one-on-one coaching. And it's either usually pure sort of business coaching or the other hat I wear. It's kind of life coach slash psychotherapist slash I guess I can't say that because I'm not a licensed therapist <laughs> or anything. But that's really what it, where it goes and kind yeah. of my background. And the mind can't think in negatives. So if you say, how can I make sure I don't fuck up? The thing is, is you first have to picture in your mind fucking up yeah, and then not do that. But the thing is, is that automatically already is reinforcing you thinking about fucking up instead of changing the question. So a lot of it is just changing the question of saying, how can I make this awesome? What, what can I do that's going to be really awesome here today? What's the best way for me to do this? Instead of if you're just constantly, your brain's thinking, what if I fuck up? What if I say this? What if I do that? What if they're really mean? Then they're going to be mean and you're going to unconsciously you, you, you know, project certain things out there like all the, the fourth dimensional things of your, how submissive your eye contact is, all the bad things that look like lack of confidence basically come from yourself. And I think that's important too is realize that you are in control of your response. So even your heart beating and racing like that, realize that that's a response you've chosen or it's a pattern that you've learned and all patterns can be changed you can outgrow any pattern and probably what it is is i've read in some psychotherapy book that usually when we're in a sense of fear or deep emotions usually what it is is we revert back to patterns we learned when we were in like four or five years old so basically what you're doing is probably when you were four you were learning how to throw a ball and you actually threw the ball and broke a window and all of a sudden your mom yelled at you and you didn't know why she yelled. And so you just start freaking out and you get into fight or flight mode. And so now here you are 20, 30, 40 years later, still doing the same response that you learned when you were four. So in knowing that, again, it empowers you to say, okay, I can slowly learn to outgrow this pattern. Don't judge it. Don't say, oh, why do I have that? Why do I get all nervous? Because again, that's just reinforcing the same thing. And so that's kind of one kind of more, I guess, another internal thought. I, and I guess, you know, what goes along with that is realizing that if you're not in control of your mind, who is? Who's the one thinking, oh, what if I fuck up? It's a pattern of how you think or things you visualize internally, the things that you imagine happening beforehand. Have those be awesome things. Have those be you walking in super confident and them smiling and clapping there, like they're standing ovation after your shit. Yeah. That's what you should be thinking about beforehand. And that stuff does actually work if you do it with you know, confidence in your, that strategy there. Right. Uh, but the other side of it, <clears throat> something that I wanted to hit on that you kind of hinted at, is that social value is completely arbitrary. And the problem of you know, having confidence in the audition, having confidence in situations, is that if you look at me right here, I'm looking at the carpet, my heart is not increasing. I'm not getting nervous being next to the carpet. It's not a big deal. You know, it's the carpet. 
But for whatever reason, we've decided to put a lot of value, social value, on the person judging us, the person who's making this decision. And the more you ramp that up in your head of saying, this is life or death, like, not like in the way that you're talking about it, but like, if I don't get this specific audition, my, I'm eating bread and have to claim bankruptcy and go move back in with my parents and, and those things. What that does is it makes it such an important thing that inevitably you're going to, again, project subconsciously all this weird shit, no matter how many strategies and how amazing your skill set is. So the ability of reframing it as much as you can to increasing your perceived social value and decreasing the perceived social value of the other people, the more neutral that becomes, the more confidence that's going to lead to. So the example you said of basically what you're doing is you're reframing the person that should be judging you that's higher value. You're saying, hey, they're on your side. Hey, the person kind of screening this audition, they're, they're totally on your side. And what that does, it's the reframe of saying, oh, cool. Actually, I don't have to worry about them because they're my friend. But usually one little reframe like that isn't enough. You need to come up with a hundred, come up with a thousand, come up with a million of all the experiences I've had leading up to this. Even if you think for yourself, you're like, oh, I had this, these amazing other auditions. They went well. That's why this one's going to go well. That's just another reframe, another belief that you've created to you know, increase your value offer proposition there compared to theirs of saying, hey, we hold all the cards. Yeah. So the more you can put more, like literally sit down and think, okay, why do I deserve this? Why am I better than this? Or why is this not even a big deal? And you stack the cards in your favor and, and that's really what works. So for, I'll give both like a networking example as well as another, I guess, dating example because there's just so much corollary here. But yeah. in networking, a lot of times what you're trying to do is network with somebody that's further along than you because they can teach you, they can kind of speed up your learning curve, maybe introduce you to other people and build up like key relationships there. But the thing is that would, again, make you very nervous because you're thinking, man, this person can offer so much value to me. They can teach me so much. What do I have to offer them? And so some key reframes, one might be that people that are more successful, they're just looking for hustlers. They're just looking for people that are just you know go-getters that implement. So you alone, by implementing what they tell you, they learn through being a teacher and they're in the inspiration of seeing somebody that reminds them of themselves, maybe. Uh, as well as if you can think of other skills to help. So one, in the business world, I always teach a lot of clients, learn some marketing advice, because that, it's like every business owner, no matter how successful they are, that's, or like you know book recommendations, thinking of other ways that you can offer value, that then all of a sudden it levels out the playing field. You need to create 50, 100, 1,000 reframes. And then again, those are new beliefs, and the only way to reinforce a belief is reference points. So a lot of times what they say for a belief is it's the top of a table and the more legs beneath it, the stronger the table is, the legs are reference points. So if the belief is, I'm going to really kill this audition, if you've never had that happen before, it's not going to be a very strong belief. Or, hey, the person auditioning me is my friend. If you've never experienced that and most likely it's been the opposite, that's going to be a really, really weak belief. So you have to force it the other way, force what you focus on to see that part. Because that's the other thing too is any experience, you can, if you're going to choose to judge it, you can judge it as good or bad. So you could judge the audition as a total failure or you could judge it as a stepping stone right. and experience towards the next one. So that's your ability of how you perceive it and judge it as well. And so you can change it into a positive reference point when previously maybe you thought it was a negative one even, you know? So I think that's probably the biggest thing what I would say from an inner game is that realize it's all a social value play 
and you can take full control over that because it's all at the end of the day completely arbitrary. And you might say, no, it's not arbitrary because they're, they're choosing my livelihood. It's like, well, either way, you're not in a desert somewhere scraping sand to try to get little potatoes out of the ground. Your life really isn't as bad with your smartphone and Wi-Fi and the internet age and the best time ever to live and in the world of humanity and the history of humanity. So that too is a reframe, right? It's reframing that, hey, life is better than you think it is. Yep. And, you know, just having, again, if you want to get back to confidence, a lot of optimism and all that stuff really directly relates to confidence, which is how good do you think the situation is going to go? How, how likely is the result to be positive? That's what leads to confidence. You know? Right. So reinforcing optimistic uh, mindsets kind of goes right along with it and kind of points to some of the same things there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that um, in order to develop the skill of seeing your world in a positive way is uh, meditating is huge. Um, the pra- any, any practice of mindfulness when you're in the present moment, it allows you throughout your day to check in with yourself in the present moment and say, this is amazing, actually. Instead of just walking down the street and thinking about what you need to do tomorrow and what stupid, embarrassing thing happened to you two weeks ago at the party or whatever, you can, you can say, this is amazing right now. Everything's good. I'm not sick. I'm, not, I'm walking on two legs. I have some money in the bank. I've got a, pl- a sh- you know, roof over my head and some food and everything's good. And be able to do that and realizing also, I had a huge breakthrough um, a few months ago when I, and I've talked about this on the podcast once before, but I was able to pay off all my student loans Six months before I thought I was going to be able to, I, I was making more money than I ever thought I'd be able to make at that time. And it didn't make me happy. And it scared the shit out of me. And I realized happiness is not on the other side of a specific accomplishment. And once I realized that, I was able to appreciate, really work on it. I'm still working on it. I'm just at the very beginning stages of really working on realizing that it's appreciation that's the important thing. It's appreciation in the present moment, in this day, in this day now, appreciating and not thinking I will be happy when. So anyways, I, I went on a long tangent there, but, um, but yeah, that, that's definitely a skill. Anything you can do, um, there's apps that help you meditate. You can get books from the library or online. Um, anything that you can do, I would just really suggest to get into it one way or another. Start working on it. It'll be frustrating at the beginning and probably frustrating for a while, but start working on that now. Yeah, and just the awareness that it's something that you can work on. It's something that you can take control of and develop. And it's not about the cards you were dealt in life. It's about deciding to take control and realizing that you can, all those thoughts that you don't want to have, that you used to have, you can learn how to outgrow those patterns and take more control of your life and your mind and everything with that and your responses. Right. Yeah. And one other thing I was going to say is that um, you were talking about like the legs of a table, right? If you've never been to an audition before, you can't very well say, I'm going to do amazing in this audition because you don't have any proof. You also don't have any, um, I guess like you don't really have a pillow to fall back on in a way. I, I'm not explaining this well, but I'll, I'll try it this way. So if you, for instance, have an audition, if one of the actors listening to this episode has an audition, in three days from now for one episode on a network show, 
say, they would probably be pretty nervous if they, if they have never booked anything to that level before. But if two days from now, George Lucas calls and says, I want you to be one of the main characters in the next Star Wars movie, and then you have to go to that audition. Imagine the difference of when you walk in to the one episode role, right? I mean, you would be calm. You wouldn't give a shit. You'd have this huge thing to fall back on, right? So that's obviously pretty unrealistic. But any little thing that you can do to nudge you a little bit closer to that will help. So if you um, maybe are creating your own web series with your friends, that is at least is something. It's something. Well, if I don't get this, I'm still doing this for the next couple months, right? Or if you, if you have no money in the bank and you are thinking like, I better get this or I can't pay my rent next week, develop other ways of getting income because you need to have that stuff to fall back on in order to have the confidence when you go in the room to think, it doesn't really matter if I get this or not. And that's mm -hmm. when the confidence happens. That's when the skill happens, you know, and that's when the people want to hire you. Yeah, it's true definitely from a, a business context. It's very important to have some sort of recurring revenue because if you just have big one-off payments, like I used to, I've had times where I'm get, I get paid three or four times a year because I'll just have giant chunks. I know something like in the modeling stuff, they do that too, right? Where all oh, yeah. of a sudden you get 10K and then you don't get a job for a month or two. Exactly. So that model, like for me, that's how I used to get all my income. And that is never going to lead to a lot of kind of de like lack of like relaxation about your finances. So it's something that when I'm working with business owners, one of the first things we look at if they have that is how can we create some sort of monthly recurring thing to cover overhead or set an aside that you have six months personal save. So I think even, yeah, I, I could see this very unlikely in the sort of acting arena, but one of the first things I teach for like life advice of finances is say, like know how much you spend each month, have a specific average, and then put six months aside. Yeah. Because if you have six months saved, that is financial security. You're like, I could get sick, I could break my leg, and have half a year to figure out what I'm going to do. That, that's a lot of financial security, you know? So I would say at least that kind of for some of that. And then, yeah, you're not going into this audition saying, I need to go get groceries, and if I don't get this, I can't even pay for my groceries. Yeah. That's going to just be one extra stressor that doesn't need to be there. And so I know people like that. I, I literally yeah. know people who do that. They think like, I need to get this or I'm fucked. Yeah. And so that, that's the other side of it too. You have all the inner game, but again, other strategies of what are the sort of signals or triggers that create it too. And those things do definitely affect it. So the more you can mitigate those, exactly. that's definitely going to benefit. Right. Um, yeah. One more real quick thing that, that can help with this kind of thing is um, one thing that I do is on my phone I keep a list and the list is entitled career confidence and I just have things that I'm not likely to be able to remember all at once when I'm in a situation where I need to have a little confidence boost like if somebody says something nice to me on set like uh that that scene was awesome like you're doing super well right now I'll write down like so and so said quote and then the quote and I have a list of these things so that when I need a boost, I, I, you know, if I'm sitting outside the audition room and I don't feel as confident as I want to be, I'll look at that list and it inevitably, you know, it brings you down a little bit. It brings your heart rate, heart rate down, brings the nerves down a little bit. 
and it's easy to do. Yeah, I, and I think that kind of goes back to the whole training your, your like thinking with purpose instead of letting the environment overwhelm you, overwhelm the environment, like you deciding the way you want your mind, what to focus on and focusing on positive things. Uh, and there's all sorts of proof when you get into you could go all woo-woo with the law of attraction and visualization and stuff, but there's definite proof in things like visualizing free throws, not even shooting them, and all of a sudden some old grandma is 8 out of 10 for her free throws yeah. because she visualized them for a month. It's the same thing if you want to have a good you know, audition, visualize that shit in your mind. Visualize specifically you going in, what they're going to do, and do this literally look through your own eyes. Don't picture yourself from above. Have it be like first person. You're going in there, make it real, make it nice and bright of this experience. Like in your mind's eye, you're experiencing this and you're, they're clapping, they're, they're smiling, they're high-fiving past experiences as well as the ideal one. And think about that every day. Every day you wake up. For me, part of my morning ritual is I have a 20, 30-minute visualization exercise where I picture myself in this amazing condo that I'm going to have and the view that I'm going to have and the people that are there with me. And just I'm seeing myself old, the shirt I'm wearing in a leather couch. I could explain it to the detail, the smells, the sounds, what I see. And you don't think that visceral imagine like visualization going on there. Then when you get in that moment, you're like, I have arrived. Here it is. And it's amazing how that shit does really come about the way that you expect it. Because your your other than conscious, your subconscious mind starts working to make that happen. But again, if all you're thinking, like bringing it full circle is don't fuck up, don't fuck up. Like, uh, or you're doubting and you're down on yourself and you're self-critical and you're self-hating. It's just going to reinforce that same shit of how you're never lucky or you're never going to get a break or everyone else has knows someone and you don't know someone and that's why you're never successful. All that does is just reinforce the beliefs become reality. So thinking of ways to, yeah. For me, like when I get stressed out, it's like the question I always ask is what am I grateful for? And what it does is shifts the focus from the stressors to the things that you know make me feel good and joyful and everything like that. So 100% agree that if you're thinking about the doubt, it's just going to reinforce the doubt. But if you think of those moments that create confidence, you're going to feel more confident. All right. Well, wait. I know you're like super busy. I don't want to take too much of your time. Do you have any like uh, last minute uh, recommendations for the the listening audience? Yeah, for me, the first book I recommend in a lot of different contexts is The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem by Nathaniel Brandon. And so if you want a practical sort of step-by-step with exercises way to increase your self-esteem, I think that's a great book. The second one actually related to the visualization, if you want to dive into that, as well as the sense of self, self-image stuff, which I think would be really huge for your audience, is Psycho-Cybernetics which is a great book. It's a guy who was, uh, he was a surgeon doing plastic surgery and he was confused. This was like in the 40s and 50s before all self-esteem and all that stuff about why some people after they got plastic surgery, it didn't change their self-image and it did for others. And so he breaks all that down and gives a bunch of really good practical advice to increase your own sense of self and your self-image, which again would directly relate to more confidence in certain situations. And then I guess, I mean, for me, I always have about a third of my articles are related to confidence. For me, it's the big three. It's self-esteem, core confidence, and emotional intelligence. And so I got articles all the time that people can check out, videos and podcasts. And that's just www.3impact.com, like the number three and then impact. 
So you can check out more of my stuff there. And uh, yeah, I think those would be the main resources. Yeah, and I'm a member of your training program and it's fucking awesome. Sweet, thanks. Congratulations yeah, on the company, man. It's, it's, it's amazing and it's getting better all the time. Thanks a lot. To find out more about Wade and his company, 3Impact, go to his website, www.3impact.com. That's the letter 3impact.com. If you like this podcast, please go to iTunes and give me a rating and review. I'm Lee Foster, and thanks for listening.